For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And we are live. Welcome to the Monday Night Raw podcast on Wrestling Inc. I am joined for the first time, actually, I'm working with this guy. Very excited. Jack Farmer, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. I know there was a lot of people talking about this show, and there's some thumbs up and thumbs down. I thought it was a pretty decent show. I might be the outlier, but <laughs> I'm excited to be here to chat about it. I'm right there with you, actually, Jack. So maybe we'll have to fight them together. Uh, uh, next is our esteemed owner here at Wrestling Inc. Always working hard and uh, had some great scoops this weekend. Raj Geary, how you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, I'll, I'll bring the negativity since you guys seem uh, yeah. like you like this, yeah. <laughs> this show. Well, <laughs> well, you're the boss, so I agree with you. So I'm, I'm flip-flopping. <laughs> well, uh, before we get into the show, um, what are you guys' just general thoughts of the show? What did you guys think? I'll start with you, Jack. Well, what I liked about it is that we started off with uh, a story in the beginning and it came full circle at the end. Now, I thought there were some casualties along the way, but overall, I thought it did a good job of building up to what has to be the ninth biggest show of the year in Fastlane. And uh, it checked a lot of boxes. So I thought it was a good show overall. I mean, I see why they have Fastlane this year. Like they they need a, a test run for the, the network on Peacock. Uh, but as someone who grew up on WrestleMania, my childhood was WrestleMania. You know, WrestleMania 4 was the first WrestleMania I saw. It, the same night, I didn't watch it live. WrestleMania 5, I saw live. And, I, you know, I have, a, I have a connection with it. And I, it just does not feel like WrestleMania season. And I, yeah. it just annoys me that it's not, it doesn't, I don't have that feeling. Like, I, I want the matches to feel big. I want to feel like we're building to these huge, epic matches. And it just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. No, so I, if I could piggyback on that, I think one of the reasons for feeling that is because I was thinking about that earlier and I was thinking about how I like the matchups. I like who's involved, but you're right. It's missing a little bit of that spark. I think a lot of these, these wrestlers and, and these matches, they're just not peaking at the right time. It feels like there's a lot of matches that have either kind of grown stale, like we've been watching the build for a bit too long. Or they're just kind of being thrown at us right away and they haven't had time to develop. And so I, I feel like it's, it's, in my opinion, it's not necessarily the matchups we have. It's just that it doesn't feel like a lot of things are peaking at the right time. That the way WrestleMania usually makes things peak at the right time. Right. Yeah. And it also feels like that. I mean, we're just coming out of like the empty arena era. So it, there's still that stench on this WrestleMania, even though it seems like they're reopening it. It just seems more like a soft reopening with this WrestleMania more than anything. Uh, but uh, let's get into this show. Um, sure. We open. Oh, let's go to a super chat. Yeah. Sorry. Jody, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jody Shana Jenkins with the $2 super chat saying, until fans come back, Mania season doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Uh, Jax Collins, a good friend, saying, good day, Jack. I ask hey. every guest, traditionally, Cobra Kai fan. Uh, thanks, toodles. Hey, Jax. Um, I'm a big Johnny Lawrence fan. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's a, I, I love his part of the show. Um, I, that's my favorite part of the show. I like Cobra Kai overall, but I really like uh, 
Johnny. I want to see more of him in the show, even though he's the star. Yeah. And, and so uh, Matt is on vacation. He'll be back a week from Wednesday. Uh, Glenn will be back this Friday. Absolutely. So we start raw. Um, we get MVP coming out. He's got new kind of like thunder pyro. It's really cool. I mean, I know Raj, you're a big fan of that new intro package that they have uh, with Lashley. I really love that oh, yeah. too. So MVP and Lashley are just kind of gloating, um, you know, saying how this is the almighty era. And in comes Miz and he's doing his Miz thing. Him and John Morrison are doing some comedy, stirring stuff up, saying Lashley, Mac Terra is going to be the greatest feud ever or whatnot. Uh, out comes McIntyre. I thought this was very funny. Just walk right past Miz, not even paying attention to these guys. And he confronts Bobby Lashley. Um, Lashley essentially says, don't worry about uh, me. You know, you got a match against Sheamus, so that's what you got to worry about. Uh, then uh, McIntyre is interrupted for a quick second, uh, which causes Bobby Lashley to jump Drew McIntyre. And then before we get things started, before we go to the break, uh, Sheamus jumps Bobby Lashley. And his reasoning is that uh, he wants uh, no excuses from Drew McIntyre. He wants to be 100%. So if McIntyre's going to get hurt, then he's going to jump Bobby Lashley as well. And then we go to break before our first match. But before we go to the first match, what do you guys think about this opening segment? I thought Lashley came out looking like a million hurt bucks. He's been dressing well for a long time, but that suit and that tie, he looked amazing. I love the promo. I love Bobby Lashley right now. I don't care what they want me to do when he comes out. I'm cheering every time I see him. I think he's a superstar. He reminded me of Goldberg the night he won the title, having the long, drawn-out fight until he got his match and then eventually winning it. I want to see him win. I think once WrestleMania comes around, the crowd might react a little differently than what they think it's going to react to. I thought Drew came off kind of like a jerk, actually, ignoring the Miz out there. A future Hall of Famer and Drew not even paying attention to him. It, 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 uh, it didn't sit well with me. So I'm kind of glad that the Miz got a few extra shots in on the former champion. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, I mean, they, they do their best to, make, uh, to remind you that the Miz is insignificant. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's his gimmick, really. He's just a guy who screws stuff up. And even last week when McIntyre cut what I thought was a great promo, he goes, you beat the Miz. The Miz? The Miz? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, that's the match. It's uh, Lashley and, and McIntyre. Um, yeah, yeah, again, I, I call fast lane speed bump because it, uh, that's all it's doing is slowing things down until we get to WrestleMania. Um uh, yeah, I mean, not much else to say, but Lashley, <laughs> Lashley is on another level. I hope they change their minds on having Lashley lose the title to Drew because he is just on fire right now. He just looks like a superstar. He's uh, It just shows like when you present someone like they should be presented, what you can do. And Lashley's been there this whole time. And yeah. just uh, now that they actually, you know, put the, the rocket on him, you just see that he's he's a superstar and he's just killing it. He even sounds more confident, like on the microphone, the way he carries himself, the way he looks. He feels like he's a different person. I think just knowing that everyone believes in him now, that's why it's in kind of infectious. Like I want him to do well. I want him to keep the title. And like he just looks good with that title around his waist as well. Uh, poor Miz, though, getting uh, – <laughs> you're right. The way Drew just kind of <laughs> cut him down. Uh, Drew, by the way, I'm just going after Drew tonight. Still bragging about beating Brock Lesnar. That was a year yeah. ago, and he's still <laughs> out here saying, hey, remember that guy I beat a year ago? Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, Sheamus seemed kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I get it. It set up a, a great uh, a great main event later in the night. But 
that kind of seemed out of nowhere. Even his, his little promo backstage felt a little Steiner math with he, with him being, you know, well, I want 90%. I don't want a hundred percent drew. Or, uh, so I'm going to take <laughs> that out last 33% and, of the 67%. <laughs> As I was listening to it, I think I felt, it kind of felt like even he got lost in what he was trying to say. Like it didn't really make sense. I don't know why he's going after Bobby Lashley when he's mad at Drew McIntyre. It didn't make sense to me, but it, it got us to a place we liked. So I, I charted it as a win. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we get Miz versus Drew McIntyre. So it was kind of similar to last week's scenario where um, the Miz versus Lashley went way longer than I thought it should have. But, you know, the Miz actually got some offense in. Uh, uh, Miz got offense in here. And early on, the story was that Drew McIntyre was hobbled. So Miz was able to use his glasses. Morrison got involved. But eventually, Drew just chopped the hell out of Miz's chest. I mean, they've got pictures online of what the Miz's chest looks like. And chopped him like crazy. Um, takes control. Uh, the finish comes when Drew McIntyre finishes off the Miz with a hurt lock as a message to Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre wins poor Miz. What did you guys think about this match? I have, I have time for Miz. So I thought it was great, but you're right. He took a couple of chops. Personally, if I took a chop like that, I'd have tapped out. That would have, you wouldn't have gotten to a hurt lock on me. I would have been done <laughs> very early on. Um, but I, I like that. This was a, that this seemed a bit more competitive. I'm loving John Morrison lately too, throwing the glasses uh, in the ring. I thought that was a fun little touch. He seems like he's just having the time of his life right now. Just having a good time. His hair looking like a glorious horse's mane as he's coming out there. Um, Miz though, just always finding a way to be in that world title conversation for the past like six months. He's somehow managed to hang in there, even though no one gives him any credit or the time of day, he manages to hang in there. And um, I think the outcome was what we expected and it all works out for me, but uh, I still got love for the Miz. Especially considering he's won two singles matches in the last like, calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> so he does, he does manage to, you know, Miz is uber talented. He He's great at what he does. I don't, he, he was just a transition from moving the title to, to Lashley. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you needed to have Drew beat Miz, I guess, because Miz did beat him uh, for the title. So I think, I, I, you know, with Fastlane, I figured it was either going to be Miz or Sheamus and, and they're going with Sheamus, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it made sense from a storyline perspective. Um, Real quick, Prana Shah with the two dollar super chat saying, "What's up with Morrison's hair lately?" <laughs> well, I love it. If I, if I had hair like that, that's how I do yeah. my hair. But <laughs> I'm growing it out to try it. We'll see. <laughs> well, I expect you to have the big pompadour ponytail once it's all that's, done. That's my plan. <laughs> so uh, we get more, you know, um, tensions between Lashley and McIntyre after this match. That was kind of the theme throughout this show. Uh, then we get into the segment with uh, Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman, oh, where um, it's more of Shane McMahon inferring that Braun Strowman is dumb. Braun Strowman says, just because you went to an Ivy League doesn't make you smarter than me. Um, McMahon's always lied, whatnot, just that kind of stuff. And then they come up with kind of a slick excuse for why that segment last week was so terrible, and that Braun says, the reason that you fumbled through your lines last week is because you're scared of me. That's why. So, I mean, at least they tried to tie that together. <laughs> and essentially this ends with Braun Strowman challenging Shane McMahon to a match. I mean, they, at some point they start stepping on each other, but Shane McMahon does accept a match with Braun Strowman for later on tonight. The, the thing that gets me about this is so far Braun Strowman has done nothing to prove he's not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes. the the response is 
you know, like, hey, I think you're dumb, Braun. He's like, Rawr, fight me. Like, <laughs> you are being the stereotype that you're being called when you do that, Braun. Uh, and so that's that's the one thing. And I don't know how you solve that in this situation. Like, even if Braun gets his hands on Shane McMahon and beats, let's say he just beats him up tonight, or at Fastlane or at Mania, you don't go, oh, wow, he beat up Shane McMahon, someone who's like twice his age and half his size. He really is smart. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it's it feels like a very elementary school thing too. Like you're a dummy. I, I don't know. That's it. I think I think whatever match they have, Shane's gonna go flying. It'll be really fun. But uh, in, at, at the end of this all, but I I feel like it's a very very elementary school way to set this all up. I, I agree, Tina Miller. <laughs> the monster among men gets beat up by a guy who qualifies for a senior discount at McDonald's. <laughs> he does. <laughs> we'll do right. I mean, I, I I posted this on Twitter. It would be the equivalent of if Todd Pettengill back in the day beat the piss out of Yokozuna, regardless of if he had a camera or whatever. Craig DeGeorge beat up Andre the Giant. Yeah. Uh, at some point, it just makes him look terrible. Um, and 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 to your point, Jack, he he just looks stupid. You know, yeah. like the gimmick is that Shane's calling him stupid, and then he acts stupid. It's not doing him any favors. I, I just remember the Braun from three years ago. He was just plowing through guys at the Elimination Chamber. Had that memorable feud with Roman Reigns. He just seemed like they found their new Undertaker in a lot of ways. That that monster. Uh, and then they just pissed it away. He's just another guy. And he, and he just looks terrible in this, in my opinion. Yeah. It- and you know what? The the thing at the end of the for me, like watching this match, and I, I don't mean to to jump ahead or anything, but like watching the match, the the thing that gets me is that Shane is such a a tough guy. Like if if he was a little more cowardly, if he was like more sneaky about it, then it, I think this whole thing would feel different. But yeah, he just grabbed the camera and beat the crap out of <laughs> Braun Strowman, yeah, and yeah. then poured slime on his head. I don't know. <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, if I'm Braun, I'm like, dude, you win. I'm done. You you prove I'm an idiot, and you can beat me up. That's right. how I felt. That's how I felt leaving this. He dominated him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he got the visual from just beating the actual. Nothing about this feud seems well thought out. From the way they talk to each other, their promos, even that match you saw him doing hopscotch one minute. Then we've got two buckets of slime. Like this is like a promo <laughs> written like this storyline seems like it was written by a five year old. And now okay, now we're gonna do this. And now we're gonna do that. And the thing is, the heat does come where the heel has to say something that's untrue or something that makes the baby face mad that fans can get behind because it's like, oh, he's lying or he's saying something that's wrong. But nothing that Shane said is wrong. Like, Braun Strowman is an idiot for all intents and purposes. So now it just becomes we're watching bad television. And that's the whole, the whole thing seems like it's just backwards. Yeah, we're, we're watching a guy... Uh, uh, the by the way, the boss who is successful and rich and all these other things just belittles some person that works for him, calling yeah. him stupid. And he's kind of, I imagine that's kind of almost how like went when they were talking about this whole thing. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. And they're like, you sure we should do it this way? Yep, I'm the boss. So <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know how you make this this unless somehow Braun outsmarts Shane in the end. But I don't know. Then I think, dude, Braun, you're. You're like three times bigger than Shane McMahon. Why do you need to outsmart him? Why are you putting so much thought into this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Marie Johnson with the $5 super chat. Thank you, Marie. Asking how old is Shane? He is 51 years old. And he beat the hell out of a guy that's you know, 400 pounds. <laughs> he really did. 
So yeah, me, I mean, I, you would, logic would say that Braun's getting the win at WrestleMania. Of course, who knows? I mean, Shane is one and zero against Roman Reigns on pay per view. <laughs> so, uh, who knows? But logic would dictate that that Braun is getting the win there. Um, you know, I, I feel like Shane has always worked best as a babyface, and when he's heel, Shane, it's just it's irritating. Not to the point where you care. It's just irritating, and. Uh, when he's a babyface, he's just there's something likable about him that you get behind him. You know, I remember with Undertaker at WrestleMania 32, uh, the crowd was going for him against Undertaker. You know, in that Hell in a Cell match. So, yeah, he's just he's just miscast in, in my opinion as a heel. I don't know what happened to Shane because I mean, not only have I watched those Monday Night Raws from the Attitude Era in my adult life and just thought he was a fantastic performer, but I grew up watching him. He was a guy that I loved watching, but his promos these days are horrible. Like he loses his breath and he always loses his place in line. It's almost like those concussions have built up and you're seeing it over time. So when he has to be a heel, that is dependent on him performing and he doesn't do that well anymore. So I don't know why they ever cast him as a heel. And the microphone's like, two feet away from him and you can hear him breathing. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Real it's... quick. <laughs> the Almighty Academy saying, at this point, BTE has better long-term storytelling than Raw. They have since the beginning, I think. I don't think it's at, at this point. Since BTE is in is existing, I think it's always had better long-term storyline than Raw. <laughs> Chris Pantaleo saying, Lanny Poffo will tutor Braun for me. <laughs> <laughs> My, my hope is that their match is a cinematic match and Braun just grabs Shane McMahon and climbs up a building like King Kong and then throws Shane off of it because that's what Shane probably wants to do is fly off of something anyway. So uh, I think a, a little tip of the hat to King Kong in some way, especially the new movie coming out. It's cross promotion. It works out. I think yeah. it'd be a great move. I'm excited that's for it. <laughs> Lily MJ saying Braun deserves so much better. Amen. I agree. He's yes. uh they don't make him like like him every day, so keep him special, and they're not keeping them special. I mean, I would think it would be a if you're going to have Shane be a jerk, it, it, they would work together better if Braun was almost more in that bodyguard role where he's enforcing Shane's will on people. Right. That's what but, I thought they were going with this. Uh, right. That's what I would like to see, but yeah. yeah. In the so end, I think the WrestleMania match is going to be fun, though, because I think Shane will get thrown off of something, and that's always a fun thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we get a backstage segment with R-Truth, and he's with uh, Mandy Rose and Dana and a lot of the women who are going to wrestle in this upcoming segment. And the gimmick is tomorrow is 316 days, so they're using R-Truth to promote all this Stone Cold merchandise. He's got the uh, Austin vest. He's got the um, like a lunchbox and all this stuff, and but it's... 315 today so our truth is getting that wrong but this will play into something that happened later tonight that i can't wait to get your guys' thoughts on uh <laughs> then we get into a match it's uh, dana brooke and mandy rose versus naomi and lana really not a good match at all I, but the highlight came when oscar comes down they play her music um so she comes down she's mad at Shayna for giving her that concussion and kicking her tooth out uh this causes a distraction and uh lana takes a neck breaker by dana brooke so dana brooke and mandy rose win this match you know, I actually thought that overall this was a decent decent segment, a decent part of the show because they need to get more women's tag teams going, and this got two tag teams on TV. I think Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke look like they could be the backbone of a women's tag team division. They got that look of a tag team where they look similar. They seem like they would hang out. They seem like they go together. I could see them being the team to eventually 
take those titles. I'd like to see them have a good run with it. And as far as like Lana and Naomi, those are two people that like a lot of people want Naomi on TV. You see her have like a that grassroots kind of support that people like on Twitter whenever she's on, I see it blow up and people talk about her. So she's on TV. Lana, lover or hater, she gets reactions. People are into her. So they're kind of like misfit toys. Throw them together. Get them on TV. I think that works. And I'm a huge Oscar fan. I'm a huge Shayna Baszler fan. So seeing them cross always makes me happy. So I know it wasn't a technical masterpiece. I know it's not one of those things we're going to go see on specials down the road, but I thought this was a, a good segment overall at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like, um, <laughs> like it makes no sense that Naomi and Lana are in the tag title picture after they just lost cleanly last week. If you're, if they're going to be in, why have them get beat, you know, clean, uh, clean as a whistle. Um, and, and that's the problem with WWE storytelling. I mean, we're seeing with Drew and Sheamus. I mean, Drew just beat him clean uh, two weeks ago. So why are they having a pay-per-view match when there was nothing in dispute? It wasn't like uh, uh, Drew had to cheat to get the win. So they they have a decisive winner, and then they keep the feud going. And that just is bad storytelling, in my opinion. If you're writing a book, you don't do that. Uh, you're not having Creed and Drago uh, losing to a bunch of people before they face <laughs> each other, you know? Uh, and uh, it's, it, it, again, just simple storytelling. So, I, you know, I, that I have a hard time with. Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, there's just something, their chemistry just does not seem there. It seems forced. Like, they're forced to be a team. You know, like Mandy and Sonya Deville, I thought were just awesome. They had amazing chemistry together. Uh, I don't see that with Dana Brooke. And... Um, and, you know, Dana, I think she's, there's something there. She's, she does a lot of cool stuff. I, you know, I'd like to see her utilize more, but her with Mandy just is not clicking for me. Well, I'll never argue with you that the Sonya Deville pairing was better for Mandy. I thought that was, that was great. They should have been a, a tag team for a long time, but going with what we got, you know, uh, right. making, yeah. making use of what we have, I think they work again in, in a division where, they're struggling to find tag teams. I mean, right now, I think all three women's tag teams were uh, were on the show at the same time in one segment there, maybe unless you're counting Bianca and Sasha at this point, which I guess, I mean, they got a tag team title shot. So maybe we should count them as a women's tag team. But um, based on what we have, I guess, is, is where my, uh, I think it's a matter of like where we're sort of setting our standards, if that makes sense. Yeah. But the, those are self-inflicted wounds that they're struggling to come up with tag team because at one point they had the Iconics, they had, you know, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, and they're just breaking up all these teams one after another. And with Dana and Mandy, it's like they paired them together strictly for aesthetic reasons. Like they're both blondes. They kind of look alike. If we dress them alike, they'll look like a tag team. But, you know, uh, DeVille and uh, um, uh, Mandy, Mandy Rose are like best friends in real life, and they couldn't right. be any more opposite in terms of, of who they are. So it's just WWE overthinking themselves, I think, in terms of them putting these teams together. Yeah, they, they broke up Peyton and Billy, and then they started teaming Peyton up with Lacey for a little yeah. bit. It's yeah. like, why are you... Why break up a team that actually has chemistry <laughs> to do something with no chemistry? Uh, Beat Money 04 is like, so they are doing Braun versus Shane at Fastlane and at Mania. Just seeing this match was added to the pay-per-view on Sunday. Yep. So Braun versus Shane, they did it tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm guessing there's going to be a step at WrestleMania. Maybe something where Shane is going to fall off of the ceiling. <laughs> you guys think Shane wins that match at Fastlane? Yeah. 
Yeah. Otherwise, why would it, why would it continue? I yeah, feel right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but maybe who knows? I mean, mention as we talk about people losing on the build to Road to WrestleMania sure. and things like that. I mean, maybe, maybe who knows? I don't know if this is the the right way to have a who knows is going to win conversation. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? Maybe right. you got to tune in to find out. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Nelson with a dollar ninety nine super chat saying, "Why were they hanging out together before the match?" That's a really great question. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I I don't want to play this card, but I do think it is a thing that they do with women, where it's like almost like an eye candy thing. Where look at these four beautiful women. Like, doesn't matter that they're going to fight next segment. They never do this with the men. You never see no. Seamus and Drew McIntyre just hanging out backstage while Bad Bunny walks by. This is like, it's really kind of WWE overlooking something, but because they see these beautiful women, they're going to use that over them feeding with each other. I think it's something that's very specific to the women that they do. Um, Tammy noticing that all the women are focused on poorly booked tag titles instead of singles titles. And she's absolutely right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, again, with Sasha and Bianca, you know, people have their strong feelings a lot of people are ripping on me for saying that they're not building it well but you would not see roman and edge getting beaten every week or drew and lashley but they're doing that with sasha and bianca and i just feel like they're still that they don't treat uh the women's championship as important as the men's yet unless ronda rousey is involved and that needs to change yeah, I, I have to agree. It's it's unfortunate because they have all they have so much talent in the women's oh, division. It's just more than they've ever had. Just ridiculously stacked. And so it, it does feel like one of those things that maybe just doesn't get the attention it needs until it's like, oh, well, we're going on soon. So let's just do this and get through tonight. And then next week we'll start over or something. It's kind of like me with my diet where I'm like, look, the week's already ruined. I'm just going to eat whatever. And then on Monday, I'll start over. And that's when I'll be good about it. It feels like they're just <laughs> perpetually doing that. And the, the problem, though, is that it's been proven to work. They've seen Sasha and Bailey did their best ratings on SmackDown uh, when they did that match on SmackDown. I think it was in October, uh, whenever it was. It did huge. And mm-hmm. I, I, I always felt like Sasha and Bailey, that should have been the WrestleMania match. They shouldn't yeah. have. They peaked it too early. They should have had them be tag team champions till the rumble, do the split. Um, but it shows that, yeah, they draw and Sasha draws, and uh, they're they're dropping the ball with that. Yeah. So we get the, the Raw Tag Team Championship match between the Hurt Business and the New Day. I just thought this was a great match. I mean, just in terms of all the stuff they let them do, they went through some commercial breaks. Uh, you saw the vintage Shelton Benjamin move where he runs up the ropes and hits that exploder on Kofi. Uh, the finish came. There was this huge kind of train wreck sequence where Xavier Woods hit this tornado DDT on Cedric to the outside. That set up uh, Kofi hitting the trouble in paradise on Shelton Benjamin. The New Day hits the daybreak, and the New Day are your new Raw Tag Team Champions. My first question is, does Big E get to count this? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, he's on another show. He's already got a belt. I don't think they count is, this with Big E. Does he get to say he's a double champion right now? Because they share all the title reigns. I, I feel like Big E should be uh, making sure he's, his resume is up to date and adding that one onto the, uh, onto the list there. I thought this was a great match. I thought this was amazing. Um, I like the fact that the New Day are the champions, by the way, because I feel like where they're at, in their their careers having been so good for so long that you can add teams and whether the new day is winning and keeping championships or whether they're losing and 
other teams are kind of going over them. I think that it makes everyone around them look better. I mean, this was a fantastic match they had tonight. I like the Hurt Business. I wanted them to retain. In fact, I want I wanted them to make new tag team titles in the image of the Hurt Business. I love them in that black and gold and everything. Their whole aesthetic looks cool. I wanted them to, to hang on, but uh, now that I know where everything's going, I think it makes sense. And I think that everyone came out looking better after this match. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I felt like... I like the visual of Lashley, Shelton, and Cedric all with belts. It just looks cool. You don't see that that often where you have a faction with all the gold. It's It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt like that helps Lashley as the top star in your company right now on Raw. Um, so, yeah. I, I, I Again, where they're going, uh, Omos and, and AJ Styles, I'm very curious yeah. for that. You know, So it does make sense. It just seems a little soon... I would have waited a, a couple of weeks because um, I just think the Hurt Business uh, is more important than Omos's uh, and AJ Styles challenging for the tag titles. Yeah, let me just throw that out there for you guys' thoughts. After this match, AJ Styles and Omos came out and they straight up challenged the New Day for the Raw Tag Team titles at WrestleMania. And that is going to be the match at WrestleMania, AJ and Omos uh, versus the New Day. What are your thoughts, Jack? What do you think about that? I think that this, so this is one of those things that definitely felt like it was shoehorned in and they just kind of like shoved it out there and now this is happening. So I'm not, it doesn't feel like the most organic way to get here, but I think now from here to WrestleMania, we have an opportunity to see some amazing promos because I feel like, like watching AJ Styles interact with the new day was entertaining and I could see them building and playing off of each other very well. That and AJ in a match, Kofi Kingston in a match, Xavier Woods in a match. Those three are great. I don't know about almost. I don't know what he's going to do. He's either going to be terrible, but they're going to all bounce off of him and it's going to be fun to watch. Or he's going to be great and it's going to be fun to watch. So I think it'll be a good match overall. I know I, I, uh, I keep saying how I love things, but I just I think that this will play out. It does feel, like I said, a little forced, a little shoved down our throat right at the last second. Like, by the way, this is going to happen, but... It'll be a fun ride from here on, I think. I think with AJ's uh, AJ's ability and Omos's, Omos's uh, size, they're going to do some cool stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm cur- I'm super curious. Um, Me too. Yeah, so I, I, I'm in. Uh, I, Omos, man, if he can if he can put it together, that guy is a superstar. He has the presence. He has the look. He just he just uh, looks awesome. <laughs> he's, he's their new 2016 Braun Strowman in the way that they just book him as a monster. Yeah. He's just this big, huge giant who attracts your attention and they never make him look weak at all. He doesn't sell anything. And I thought AJ was going to be in some kind of group title matching for the U.S. title or something like that. But I think this is, even though the tag team titles aren't seen as on that level, I think this is way more interesting and yeah. I'm way more intrigued than seeing this. Same here. I mean, I granted, in a couple of years when Shane McMahon is uh, slapping him around, it won't be just cool. But he's dumping green slime on Is it just me or I get like vertigo looking at him almost? He's so big. Is he, is he the biggest, like at least height wise ever? Is he, he's, he's taller than Kali, isn't he? He's taller than Kali. Giant Gonzalez was taller. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, he is so big. It's. Yeah. It, Every time I see him, he looks like he's photoshopped in. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, you would think he's standing on a shoebox, but he's not. Like, they, right. they used to do with Andre back in the day, but yeah. he's not. 
uh, real quick. <laughs> Someone can ride to super chat about his 50th Creed Drago reference. One more and I get a free set of steak knives. So I'm shooting for that. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez with the 999 super chat saying, so this is the best case scenario they have for AJ Styles at WrestleMania this year. That's so weak. It's like that year when they had nothing for Ziggler and he teamed with Big E at Mania for the titles. The next night was when he won the world title, right? It was. Ziggler. That was, yeah, 2013 in the IZOD Center. Yeah. Um, Justin Lopez also saying, Cedric and Shelton had to be sacrificial lambs so this match could take place. Hurt Business should be running raw, holding all the gold into the late summer. Instead, it only lasted two weeks. I agree. I, it felt too soon to not... It was a cool visual with just them with all the gold. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. would have been... A, and that could... To the point of it could have been an amazing WrestleMania moment. All of them sitting in the ring with all the gold and, and MVP with them. Uh, so I, I definitely agree with you on that. It's a bummer they lost, but... I don't know. And you know what? I don't know if I would say that this is the best case scenario for AJ Styles, but not everyone can have a world title match or a match with The Undertaker or something like that. So um, when I look at what could be a quote unquote best case scenario for AJ Styles, I wouldn't want to take uh, Lashley out of the world title scene for AJ at this point. I don't know if I'd want to take Drew out of the world title scene for for AJ at this point. I don't know if I'd want to take Roman or Edge or Brian at this point. So I don't know if I'd want to see Undertaker versus AJ two at this point. So looking at it from that perspective, I think this is still a win. Yeah. In a weird way, this kind of felt like, cause now uh, the Hurt Business, Shelton and Cedric are just kind of up shit's Creek right now in terms of having a match for WrestleMania with only weeks away. So this felt like this is going to be our WrestleMania match. We have to give like a WrestleMania, like this felt like the match that they were going to have at WrestleMania. But now that they're kind of on the outside of looking in, I expect them to get involved in the main event, but I don't know what they're going to be doing in terms of match-wise at WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Now that you say that, that actually stings really bad. Because I want them they, – they deserve to be in WrestleMania. They, they deserve to have a, a match at WrestleMania. So when you phrase it like that and you're, you're absolutely right, that stings. That hurts. I don't know if I like – that not in a hurt business kind of hurt, but just like a right. I don't like it kind of hurt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Challenge, our good friend, uh, saying almost as a ninja, he was yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he's also a bouncer. <clears throat> he was the bouncer of Raw Underground for those four weeks that it was on. Do you think that that hurt Braun? Because I remember the first time like watching him on there and seeing Braun looking up at him. Ever since then, Braun hasn't seemed as big to me. If you if you recall last year, Braun wasn't even a part of WrestleMania. Like it wasn't until Roman uh, had to step out. You know, he he decided to not participate. We're we're a year now when COVID happened, right. uh, when it just changed everything. And then Braun was brought in as a replacement, but he wasn't even he didn't even have a WrestleMania match. So they haven't really had plans for him in like a couple of years. <laughs> Um, and then they, they, he got buried with that, uh, Bray Wyatt feud and which often happens with Bray Wyatt feuds and it just hasn't been the same. It, it's, it's too bad because he was the hottest thing in WWE three, four years ago when he had that feud with Roman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get a backstage segment. So Miz and Morrison, they confront Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. So it looks like this is finally the direction that they're going to go for the WrestleMania match. But when Miz and Morrison, uh, walk off. You get our truth coming in. He's in his Stone Cold gear, but this time he has the Smoking Skull Replica Championship. And our truth convinces Bad Bunny 
to trade the 24-7 title for this replica smoking school title that you can get for $319 at WWEshop.com. I'm guessing Bad Bunny has $319, but Bad Bunny says he wants this belt instead of the 24-7 title, gives the 24-7 title to R-Truth. He's got his baby back. And so now at this point, now that they don't have to worry about Damian Priest, I guess all the guys, Drew Gulaks of the world, run after R-Truth. R-Truth is your new 24-7 champion. I, I hate whenever someone just drops a title. That's never – even a, even one like this one, especially one like this one, because it would be so easy to just have him get rolled up. Uh, and especially even if you want to bounce the title around, to have like Morrison roll him up and then have – or Miz roll him up and then have our truth roll up Miz or Morrison, you'd get the same thing without just giving away the title. But maybe Bad Bunny's smart. Maybe he just wants to retire undefeated. He wants to retire <laughs> with that perfect win-loss record and – um go from there but uh this feels like they got i don't know i felt like wwe said him as the champion is gonna look great when he goes to all these different shows and then he was done with the shows and they were like okay we're done <laughs> <laughs> it was a very Shawn michaels move to drop the title without <laughs> you know, without getting pinned <laughs> it really is <laughs> um and i don't blame bad buddy i'm sure that was what they wanted uh I don't get it. I mean, you know, why not have him hold the title till WrestleMania? You know, um, it's a cool look. He, he's he's a Grammy Award winner. Um, he is, a, you know, he's a big star. You know, I know, I know people. People will say like, you know, Bad Bunny's not moving ratings or anything, but he has shown that he, he's his merch is selling on WWE Shop. Mm-hmm. He he made pulled in over half a million dollars with a, a shirt or whatever he had. So, and his YouTube. Numbers are huge, so it, it makes perfect sense for them to use him. Um, I don't know. It's the 24-7 title. I can't over... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but even if this is an Intercontinental title, that might be that might have been something that you could take exception with, but I mean, for a title of this caliber, you know, Archie right. has fun with it. It's just playing games. Uh, yeah, yeah, I will say... Day. Happy 316 Eve. Happy 316, guys. yeah. It's almost here on the East Coast, at least. <laughs> You know, it's so funny speaking of that because they they obviously were talking about it all night and um I was I've always thought like I don't know if I like the Thunderdome. I, you know, I've been kind of torn on it. But then uh I I saw the old video of of last year when Stone oh, Cold was God. out there and it was empty and I was like, "Oh geez, I love the Thunderdome. This thing's amazing." <laughs> 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 Forgot it's, how recently it was so much worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a year ago this Wednesday that I went with my daughter Sonia to Old Chicago's. We sat inside. That was the last time we sat inside a restaurant. And uh, what a year! Yeah. It's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nelson Morono saying, "Who wins a match, Young Bucks or New Day?" I guess depends on who's booking it. Exactly. Yeah, depends on what show. AEW so Young Bucks win. WWE New Day wins in ten seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. James and Becky saying, why can't they do what New Japan does at Wrestle Kingdom? Have New Day versus HB. Hurt Business. Hurt Business. Okay, gotcha. And then the winner faces AJ on night two. I'd like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be with that title, but I'd like the continuity of night one, something happens, and then it carries on to night two. You think they're going to do that with Daniel Bryan? It <laughs> almost kind of seems like they're heading that direction with Daniel Bryan and Edge and Roman. Like... Sure. A combination of those two face off on night one, and then the winner faces either Roman or Edge on night two. We'll see, but yeah, that's a that's a weird one because 
I, that's almost one of those like I want to see all three of them win, so right. I don't want to see all three of them in a match. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be happy for one and sad for two, no matter how it goes. If they have a three way, so that's that's a weird one. I mean, I actually like. I think Roman Reigns is the best thing going right now, but uh, I think Roman Reigns should have the title for a hundred years. I think he's amazing, but um, <laughs> Same. That, that's that's one of those ones where I'm like, ah, but I don't know. I don't know. That's the SmackDown show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, Tina, say about the bad bunny shirts. Most of those sales are from Issa. <laughs> and Issa replying, I only got the hoodie. <laughs> Good, we get some follow ups. Great journalism, Raj. <laughs> so, uh, this next thing was hilarious. So, you know, we've been complaining about uh, Damien Priest that he's wrestled uh, like Angel Garza and then. Elias, both guys who are noticeably smaller than him and just going forever with them, really having to sell. Now he gets Jackson Riker, a big monster who's been just protected as this kind of a bodyguard for Elias, squashes him in like 10 seconds, 30 seconds. It's <laughs> like this big guy who seems like he could take it to Damian Priest. Just this is the guy that they choose to squash. So he squashes him. Uh, after the match, we get some physicality with Bad Bunny. I was surprised they had um, Elias pick him up and then uh, teasing he was going to slam him. Then he dropped him. And then in comes Miz with a guitar. And like hits Bad Bunny in the back, the guitar does not break. So this uh, big superstar, Grammy Award winning, you know, he's got all these other commitments, just gets crashed with this pain his dues, brother, with this guitar. So what did you guys think about all that happened in this segment? I feel like Elias is such a, an underutilized person right now. He's, I mean, maybe maybe they're waiting for for crowds or whatever, but whenever he's given an opportunity, he gets reactions. He does a great job. He's always entertaining. I want to see him more on TV. I want to see him getting wins. I want to see him doing stuff. He's one of those guys that every time he's on, I'm entertained. But if you ask me what's his finishing move, I always have to stop and think about it because he never hits it. He never he never wins. Uh, and, and even when his music hits, I'm always like, who is this again? Oh, yeah, it's Elias. That's right. Um, but I, I want to see more from him. Uh, I thought this was the kind of win that is great for Damian Priest. This is the kind of match that's great for him. I think he needs to be picking up the dubs, getting some wins, getting some momentum going. And I think along with being paired with Bad Bunny, it's just a good thing for him. But now he needs to start getting those those dubs that matter. You know, this wasn't a dub that matters. This was just one to pad the stats. Now he needs to start getting some matches with people who are who are dangerous, who could win. And I, I don't know if Riker's that guy. <laughs> I, I, I was all for it. Damian Priest, you look at him, he's a star. He's a superstar. Uh, Jackson Riker, look, we've interviewed him on the site. I have nothing against him, but he has the charisma of a marshmallow. He's just not, he's not. You know, he's not someone he's got the the body, you know, but he doesn't have it. And Damien Priest does. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was happy to see Damien Priest win in short order. I'm not complaining that they, you know, buried Jackson. Right. It's just funny that like. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're saying. Of all guys. <laughs> next, <laughs> next week, it's going to be an Iron Man match with Humberto Carrillo and, yeah. and, and Damien Priest. <laughs> No, I yeah, no, of, of all, yeah, the one time he does a squash is with a giant monster, yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but, good for him. but what's good about and, by the way, like... Roberto Carrillo, have you seen him lately? He's jacked, yeah. he's jacked, yeah, yeah huge, he's yeah. been getting huge, yeah, 
Yeah, what a like. Well, good for him, by the way, for being like, you're not going to put me on TV. Fine, I'm yeah. just going to go get huge. <laughs> and, you know what? Just like Christian kind of did a free agency uh, advertisement at the Royal Rumble. You know, if whenever his contract is up, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be looking like, well, let's sign this guy. He's a we know yeah. he's a good worker, and now he's got the size. Yeah. I mean, that was really the only thing he was missing, I think, in his game. Obviously, he can't cut promos in English or whatnot, but a size like that, that's going to be a major talent if somebody can take uh, capitalize on it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I always thought his thing that he he was too um, uh, pretty, like he just seemed too wholesome, like too nice guy, and I, th- I think this helps change that a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of being Jack though, and speaking of old Jackson Riker taking the the, taking the loss here, talking about me, talking about you, Raj. No, (laughs) uh, what he what uh, I think going back to the Damian Priest thing, I think the fact that he beat someone so intimidating helps and makes like if he beat you know some nobody, you know one of those guys that's just already in the ring when we come back from commercial break and they never introduce him, it wouldn't have done anything. But I think Riker's actually great as that guy speaking to you know, where he's at and, and everything that he's great as that guy that looks at the part. So when he does lose, it feels like it still matters, even though he doesn't get a lot of wins anyways, um, just because he does have that big, mean look. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we go uh, backstage with the MVP, Lashley and Sarah Schreiber. Uh, MVP doesn't even let her finish the questions. He's just pissed off. And he says that he guarantees that Lashley is going to win. Not doesn't say guarantee, but he says same thing's going to happen to Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania that Bobby Lashley is going to do to Sheamus. Uh, so he's just uh, you know, hot and bothered. Then we get into the uh, Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman match. I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but this was a doozy. Uh, it's basically Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman playing cat and mouse. At one point, there's a random hopscotch. Shane McMahon is hopping around. Uh, Braun Strowman, again, this is a storyline based on whether or not Braun Strowman is dumb. And he's getting outsmarted every step of the way in this match. Shane's running around. And he finally does the thing where he runs around to do that big uh, slam that, or, you know, bump that he does, shoulder tackle. And Shane takes the camera and hits Braun, uh, beats the hell out of him with this camera, uh, hits him with some ones and twos, rights and lefts. Puts him on the table, and he hits his Shane McMahon patented elbow. But that's not enough. He takes two buckets of green slime and pours it all over this poor monster. Uh, and this match is over. I guess Braun Strowman won by disqualification. But, boy, did he lose so much. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you save it. Because, yeah, even if Braun comes back on, or goes to fast lane and beats up Shane McMahon, it's still like, dude, you got beat up by Shane McMahon and you got green slime dumped on your head as he was doing hopscotch around the ring. Like, there's, I, we talk about Jackson Riker just got squashed. I, look at Braun Strowman after this. I think Jackson Riker came out looking better than Braun Strowman did. All that was missing is Shane taking a leak on Braun after it was all. <laughs> that's that's where we're at. That's one of those digital extras. You got to have the network for that part. <laughs> I mean, it was about as uh, a humiliating uh, segment as you could get. I mean, he used a camera, but please, again, I brought up the Todd Pettengill with Yokozuna. I mean, that's that's where we're at. Um, Man, what was that show? The Nickelodeon show? You can't, you can't do you can't that, do on, that television. on television. Yeah. On television and yeah. you say, I don't know, right? And then it drops on you? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, um, I mean, it feels like it's clearly they're going to tie in Nick somehow, Nickelodeon seem, somehow. Yeah. Um, I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, why was that a green slime, slime match? 
<laughs> a slime I mean, match at WrestleMania. A slime bucket on a pole match. Oh, <laughs> they used slime with Braun Strowman before, and it had nothing to do with Nickelodeon with like Caleb Braxton and stuff. So I just think this is just what they decide they want to do with Braun. I don't know what they're doing with Braun. He he's wearing the old Truth Commission outfit. He's yeah. just does not look like the superstar like he did years ago. It's it's almost like they're doing it on purpose. I don't know because it, it is on the heels of him getting beat as clean as a whistle by Lashley as well. Oh yeah. So this is, I mean, since he's come back, he's kind of been beaten up every time he's come out to the ring. Yeah. Maybe he's got to get on that sense. Korea You're, match or Lashley that Korea made, workout. Right. I mean, Lashley made sense because he's they're they're building him to be the world champ. Um, this. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't find him as a sympathetic babyface heading. You know, and it, no, no. now I almost want Shane to beat him up some more. You should. You should listen. It was like as much as it sucked to see just this like fifty year old man beating up Braun. It was just really awkward to watch. I have gotten no inkling that I should be cheering for Braun Strowman. The guy they're arguing. Okay, so me as a just third party objective is looking at this argument. He's saying you're an idiot. And Braun Strowman acts like an idiot. Well, then I'm with the guy who says you're an idiot. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, his only comeback has always been, I demand an apology. He had a line earlier. He's like, just because you went to an Ivy League doesn't mean you're smart. And it's like, yeah, most of the time it does, Braun. That's what Ivy Leagues are for. Like, Either you got connections or you're smart, but yeah. still. It doesn't hurt. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't work against you. Exactly. You can make that point. You can absolutely make that point. Like Raj says, there's connection. There's ways of making the point that it doesn't right. make you smart. But to just say, just because you went to an Ivy League, yeah, some of the most brilliant people who've ever lived with Ivy League. Right. I mean, so yeah, I, again, I don't know how they save this because even if he wins at Fastlane, I'm just going to say, I mean, okay, so you're one and one, but you still look like a chump when you lost. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. so, okay, we go to the, the, the rubber match that we're all dying for. WrestleMania. <laughs> Again, okay, so you beat up a guy who's over 50 and is tiny compared to you, and you're a full-time wrestler who's supposed to be an elite combat person against a guy who's a, an executive. Like, you're not looking good at the end of this. So right. I, don't, I don't know, but maybe they'll, maybe they'll have something. I don't know, but I just, yeah. I don't know. Let's get some of these chats in here. Alonzo Smith saying, what is tighter, bronze t-shirt or Reginald's pants? <laughs> it's close. Uh, uh, our good friend Tammy saying, I'd, I'd rather watch The Fiend's Magic than watch anything with Braun. We'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to get into that. Colin Caulfield saying, Braun starting OnlyFans. Vince was not pleased. That would, ex- <laughs> that would explain a lot. Tina, our good friend Tina saying, did Braun do something to tick them off or something? He definitely does feel like it. Yeah, that was in the back of my mind watching this, you know, like just it this seems like how you book somebody who is on the way out. Yeah. And Tina mentioned he can't believe this is the same guy who threw Roman around by the head a few years ago. What a difference. Yeah. I don't I I, I wish there was you know, I, like I said, I'm trying to be positive. I wish I had a positive takeaway from this. <laughs> I wish I had a uh I wish I had something where I could be like, well, you know, the story will play out like this, but I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't think of anything. The guy hopscotched before beating him up and dumping slime on his head. I don't know. Yeah. William J saying, "What did Braun do to piss them off?" We're all trying to figure that out. Chris Pantaleo saying, "Braun's probably short of a happy meal." Wow. 
<laughs> and Pumpkinhead Neil Akira sing. Maybe this was supposed to be Big Show spot. Maybe that's why he left. They did this angle with Big Show and Shane, uh, but Shane needed like three guys to take Big Show down. Yeah. And that's and that's to my point. If if he was being the cowardly guy that had his right. his big friends, you know, tripping his, up the Mean Street Posse or something coming right. back. Right. Yeah. If he had that going on, it'd be like, okay, this is I, I get where they're going. But no, he just he just beat the tar out of poor Braun. If this was a no DQ match, Shane just destroyed him yeah. faster than Drew McIntyre could beat Sheamus. Yes. <laughs> right. Just so watching. I mean, right. people always jump on Shane for his punch, but just watching Braun sell him like he was like Nate Robinson, like on Jello legs, and <laughs> so fake. Like I hate watching wrestling. I obviously we know it's fake, and that's whatever. But I hate thinking as somebody who loves wrestling. Right. God, this looks so fake, and yeah. that's just it was horrible. Yeah, you don't want to have your in- intelligence insulted, and right. Not like Braun did, no. (laughs) So, uh, Jack, you were saying that you like to stay positive. Let's put that to the test again because we get this segment with Alexa Bliss on a swing set. And she says that uh, she wants to give Randy Orton a chance to kick her out of his life. So she issues a challenge to Randy Orton for Fastlane. I'm going to kind of skip forward, but kind of keeping this to the storyline. Randy Orton accepted this challenge. So it looks like we're going to get Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss at Fastlane. Your thoughts? So I want to be honest, if she had challenged anyone else, I'd be like, okay, this is silly. Randy Orton's the one guy who I think might punt kick uh, Alexa Bliss in the head. He's the one guy that, I mean, he already, you know, RKO'd Beth Phoenix. I think he's the, I think he might do it. Um, But the truth is, I think this is just going to end the way every Orton match has ended over the past two months. And that's going to be with shenanigans happening at the end and the Fiend coming back or something along those lines. Um, this is one I liked. I like the idea of these two together. I like the idea of them in this rivalry, but it just, it feels like it's been going on for, for six months. It feels like it's been going on for so long and I'm ready for both yes. of them to move on to something else. Uh, my hope is that it leads to a Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. And that really leads to evil John Cena coming back and trying to get revenge for all the wrongdoings Orton caused him over his career. But I, I'm not holding my breath. It, it, it is headed towards a Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I forget. Glenn is going to be back on Friday. He loves this crap. Do you guys, uh, you guys like this stuff? The the fiend, and uh, not yeah. this particular thing. I like the fiend. I like Braun and Bray Wyatt in the Firefly Funhouse. Um, in certain, you know, when they do certain things with it, it could be good. But him and Randy Orton just have negative chemistry together. They're so bad together because they're both so talented. And I like them both, but anything that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt do together is just trash for me. Yeah. You know what's kind of been sneaky is I, I know that I think if you were to pull every WWE fan, The Fiend would have a massive amount of support. People love The Fiend. They want more of The Fiend. But when I look back since he's become The Fiend, I don't think anyone has really left a rivalry with him looking better. No. They all like Worse. they all crater really yeah. hard after a rivalry with him. Seth Rollins and, had a turn heel. Yeah. Uh, Braun Strowman was not the same. Well, no. you're absolutely right. And um, let's not blame this on The Fiend because WWE had a chance to have The Fiend beat Seth Rollins like everybody wanted. We forget how hot The Fiend was. The reason people got so pissed off is because it was a bad decision to have The Fiend lose or whatever, the no DQ, the way they did that. That hell in the, the cell. Won. Yeah. yeah, 
mean, then you know, maybe even Seth Rollins would have been fine as a babyface. But part of this is WWE's booking of the Fiend. That's fair. It was. Um, you look, I, I I mention this all the time on the podcast. That first night with the Fiend at SummerSlam when he faced Finn Balor, there's no red lighting, there was no magic. It was just this badass character, and it was awesome. You yeah. go back and watch it; it was great. And uh, man, I wish that was back with the the swing sets and the magic and the the yoo-hoo spitting out of the mouth. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, and uh, it, I can't suspend my disbelief. It's just so yeah. stupid watching it. And uh, Orton, <laughs> when he had the evil Orton talking to him last week, yeah. which was. Not mentioned again, or two weeks ago, not really mentioned again. It's just be, new levels of hokiness that I just... It's Dungeon of Doom, Hulk Hogan, when it's like, ah, it's its cold, ice, or or hot, whatever it was. That's that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, the most unbelievable part is who would spit out their Yoo-Hoo? It's delicious. No, but, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, let, me, let me, if you don't mind me countering, do you think it's because the, the chemistry between The Fiend and Randy Orton? Like, if, if it wasn't Randy Orton, if it was someone else, would this work? Or is it just this kind of stuff isn't working? At this point, because it's a mixture of, all I'm saying is that it is a mixture of both, because The Fiend was red hot at one point in time, and... Like at some point it just gets away from you even saw this with the Bray Wyatt character. I was there when he debuted, I believe it was SummerSlam in Los Angeles in twenty thirteen, where they had their first match against Kane and like that kind of a photo match. Outside yeah. of Brock Lesnar CM Punk, that was the hottest thing on the show in terms of how much people wanted to see Bray Wyatt. And then the Bray Wyatt character kind of created. So there is kind of a aging effect to you just have to you can't get away from yourself when you're booking a character like this. And WWE just and Bray Wyatt to a degree don't have the discipline to keep a character like this interesting the way they do with the Undertaker. Yeah, Vince can't help but turn him into the Undertaker. He's like, yeah. oh, well, he's creepy, so he's got to be magical. Yeah. Even though it makes no sense that he has magic, but they they keep doing it. And I, I, I just think it, it sucks. I, you know what? I wasn't a big fan with the Undertaker's magic either. If I look back at my favorite stuff that the Undertaker did, it was his stuff with Sean, not the magic stuff, but, you know, uh, <laughs> with Stone Cold, not when he was being embalmed, embalmed but, like, the, the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was always, like... The non-magic stuff, and and when they would have him die and come back, that they always lost me with those. I think one, I'm I'm going to disagree with you. I love Undertaker through and through, beginning to end. <laughs> but I will say that uh, I think the difference is with the with the magic stuff with the Undertaker, even though is it wasn't you you weren't seeing them do different magicy things every single week. Um, you know, I think it's. And especially with Randy Orton now, as you watch, anytime Orton is involved in a match, you know it's going to be the main event because it's going to go to a, a fiend thing and it's going to be a thrown out. That was the bummer last week with the match with AJ. As Going into it, I was like, man, this is a slapper. This is a great match. I, I love that we're getting this. And then, you know, a few minutes in, you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. It's it's right. not going to go. The, it's that's That's how they're going to end it. And so... Now, now I just want them to go their separate ways. I just want them to do their own thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where I want them to go, but I just want them to have rivalries with other people. Yeah, I'm I mean, with they're... both of you. I'm with both of you when it comes to the Undertaker. But I will say, like as much as I love the Undertaker's magic, the greatest four year stretch of his career to me was WrestleMania's 25, 26, 27, 28. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. It's about as yep. human of a story as you can tell. Had nothing to do with magic. It was end of an era. It was uh, how they're these legends who are now trying to uh, prove that they are cementing their legacy. And it was this great story that they told that was devoid of any magic. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And uh, you know, now with Orton versus Bliss, um, 
I mean, it's going to be her turning into a, a six-year-old and then back to herself. and yeah. all. It's, it's basically going to be a magic match. There might be a move or two, but... Um, I, I strongly, strongly expect to see this be where they bring the fiend back. Oh, I think for sure. They're talking about the kick. I think it's going to lead to Orton's going to run to kick her, and then the lights go out, and we get the fiend coming back. That's the only way I think this can end. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. We're definitely getting the fiend back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then, then it'll really be on Bray Wyatt to see if he can salvage this and and make it something more interesting and and give it that last push till the end. Yeah. Great point. Kendrick Cruz saying the Goldberg loss came at a bad time. Yeah, I mean, you know what? But if you look back at what they had planned for last year's WrestleMania, it was supposed to be Bray Wyatt versus, uh, God, who was it? It wasn't Cena originally. It was It was supposed to be Cena versus Elias. Um, yeah. Roman versus oh, Goldberg. It was Roman Goldberg last year, right? Well, point. they changed it to Roman Goldberg, oh, but changed, it, was, yeah. it was supposed mm-hmm. to be... Like, the original card was pretty weak, mm-hmm. so I see why they did ultimately have Goldberg beat Bray, but yeah, well, it did it did halt his momentum for sure. I think that's a good thing to bring up, though, because I think Goldberg came out pretty good from that rivalry, so Maybe that's the <laughs> exception to the rule. You gotta, you gotta push your young guys. <laughs> Colby Wright. Uh, look, I'm a big, huge Goldberg fan, so I can't complain. Jacoby yeah. uh, Wright saying, early Bray Wyatt was getting buried by everyone. And now he's doing the same thing to everyone else by downgrading them. LOL. Yeah. You, you got a fan here, Jack. Jack is a national Yay. treasure. Wow. Hey. Nelson, hey, thank you. I'm, I'm <laughs> very upset. I've just never <laughs> been called that. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a, it's a process. Jack <laughs> saying, has there been any info of why Bray has been away? Uh, been away. I love drawn out story or feuds, but this seems way too long, and they're running out of creativity in it. Absolutely, the uh, it was supposed to take place at the Royal Rumble, and then they decided to extend it. So yeah, they're just you know needling their thumbs until WrestleMania. But there's no the other best- reason. Yeah, this is the best thing that could have happened to this Bray Wyatt character is that amid all the crap that's going on, the theme is gone. So you're kind of like, well, when he comes back, it'll be a new thing. Maybe this will save the feud. Like, I'm kind of looking forward to the theme's return because, like, it can't get any worse than this, I don't think. But, I mean, it's just good that the theme's been away from all of this. It's, you know, it's, it's very easy, too, to, like, look back and change things. But it feels like if you had had, you know, Bray get burned and then... Randy Orton start like a, a mini rivalry with someone else and then everything the same except at Fastlane when Bray Wyatt returns it's after Randy Orton beats some other random like whoever the person is they, they pair him up with um, and then he comes back and they reignite it that way as opposed to just every week like slowly dragging things out and you don't, you don't I don't know I'm a believer you don't need them on every week you know I don't need to see it every single week now if you're if you're Randy Orton at this point why aren't you just like I'm just not gonna go go in today I mean I'm coughing up you who why why would I be here yeah uh, real quick, Francisco saying I'm a hey. national treasure. Thank you, but hey. Andy the sock doesn't agree because you're not a national. <laughs> <laughs> Holden saying Rod, you're doing a show with national treasure could be either Alfred or. Jack. <laughs> uh, and DiBiase fears Raj. I give him investment advice. And, and finally, Dan <laughs> FC002. Alexa Bliss going to do the Chucky chant that will bring back the fiend. Ooh. At this point, can't wait. 
<laughs> and thank you, Jax. <laughs> oh, treasure. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so we go from one. Okay. Is it okay? <laughs> we go from one national treasure to another because I thought Oscar was fantastic on ah, this show. Um, this, this, was, is why, this is this why was I how they should book her. Yeah, exactly. This is why what kind of stuck out to me on this show is that not only earlier did I think she was great coming out pissed off about getting kicked in the face, but she has this match with Shayna Baszler. Uh, it's not very long, but I really liked it. Um, Asuka's kind of running wild. She kicks Nia in the back of the head at one point. Uh, the finish comes where uh, Asuka gets caught in a Kirafuda clutch, but she rolls it up kind of like Bret Hart and Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8, where she rolls him into a pinfall roll-up combination, and she gets the win while also kind of being choked out but then she gets her heat back by beating up Shayna Baszler, and she removes the bottom turnbuckle. This is something I don't think I would see on PGWV. She puts uh, Shayna Baszler's teeth on the bottom turnbuckle and, like, kicks her head, almost like a legit curb stomp, like American History X-type curb stomp, uh, yeah. to kind of get her revenge on Shayna. So I just thought this whole sequence made Asuka look like a killer, and she's never better than when she's a killer. 100,000%. I agree completely. I love that she came out. I love that it was a quick match. I love that she got a quick win. I also like that Shayna Baszler, I got the feeling that she let herself get pinned just so she could keep choking out Asuka for a little right. bit longer, which I thought was cool. But then I also love that Asuka was like, no, 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 no. I'm the empress of tomorrow, and tomorrow is today, and just laid waste to Shayna Baszler. These two are so good together. I, I'm, I was shocked that they didn't build more of a story between the fact that Asuka's a legendary NXT women's champion. Shayna Baszler, a legendary NXT women's champion. These two can finally go at it like a WrestleMania. These two are so amazing. This I thought this was a great segment. Asuka took a knee to the face, by the way, <laughs> during this match. That was incredible. Uh, but I love this. Th I agree with you guys. This is the Asuka that... This is the Oscar we need. This is the Oscar we deserve. This is the Oscar that should be on TV every week. I'm excited for it. I a hundred percent. I mean, this is the Oscar that she's a, a superstar when she's booked like this, and when you um, get. I mean, they. I hate to say it, but they've been booking her like crap. Like she hasn't mm -hmm. had a pay per view match in months. Um, I at the last pay per view they had like thirty minutes left, and they they didn't just have her. Do an impromptu match with Peyton Royce or anyone else? It's it's not hard to think of. So, uh, but I thought this was I thought this was great. I thought Oscar looked amazing. Uh, she looked like she was getting in some receipts. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> some of the stuff looked very sick. Uh, you know, very stiff. But uh, it was it was awesome. I, I loved it. Yeah, it's got to be tough if you're Shane and you're kind of like, I deserve this. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, that was a brutal kick that she yeah. gave. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, it didn't look like she was. I mean, you watch it back. It's like, where was? Where were you protecting her? It wasn't even. There was no thigh slap or anything. I guess that's banned now, but still. Uh, she was, this is one of those storylines with like a built-in. Like, I know they probably have a direction for Oscar, but it's almost like that Eddie Edwards and... Um, Sammy Callahan thing with the bat where they kind of turned that into a storyline that actually did pretty good business comparatively for Impact is that I just want them to go all the way with this Asuka Shayna thing. I don't, you know, yes, Rhea Ripley's going to come in, probably Charlotte, but I'm into Asuka and Shayna right now after seeing this. Yeah. Yeah, this is, that's the title match I'd want to see at WrestleMania right now for Asuka is, is her and Baszler. And yeah, I, I agree with Raj with what you said. I, Asuka, I don't know why it feels like they don't want her for or for the past year or so they haven't wanted her to be the 
NXT champion style Oscar that we all grew to love so much. For some reason, they didn't like, and even to her being like scared of Alexa for a little bit. Um, And now maybe they're just figuring it out and going, you know what? It worked before. Let's just do it again. And I love it. And I hope it keeps going. Absolutely. Uh, Real quick, let's get a couple of these chats in. Hendrick Cruz. Oh, is national, national treasure too. Just throwing Thank that you up so there. Much. I was starting to doubt myself. Okay. <laughs> we got a lot of treasures on this podcast. Isa is a universal treasure. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Lopez. Yes, it was Bray defending versus Roman last year. At, that was supposed to be that was supposed to be the WrestleMania match That's before they was. changed it to Goldberg. Um, uh, Tina Miller bringing up that Oscar look was looking like yeah. a killer. Yeah. The fans will tell you what they want. Sometimes, I mean, they used to chant, Asuka's going to kill you in NXT. Like, that's what they see her as. So make her into a killer. Yeah. Uh, Jose uh, Yepa is saying, this, this, the thigh slap was alive and well. Oh, yeah. That's right. The, that knee strike, yeah. Shayna did have a thigh slap. Good point. That was one replay I wish they didn't show because you could see it super clear in the replay. But the uh, when it happened live, I didn't see it. It just looked like it looked good. But right. um so we, we go backstage and uh, Mustafa, uh, Mustafa Ali is just running down Retribution, saying he's going to beat Riddle and set an example. Uh, then we get Riddle versus Ali. I thought these two had a good match. Uh, the finish comes. We're still telling the story about Retribution breaking up because T-Bar distracts the referee, uh, which leads to uh, Mustafa Ali getting thrown off. He takes a bro Derek and loses. Uh, Riddle retains the U.S. title and Mustafa Ali is pissed off at Retribution yet again. I. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Retribution would be a lot better if they just took off the masks and didn't act like monster people. If they just acted like people who were... If they acted like uh, Ali, I think they would be a really cool group. It's that, But it's weird that he's acting the way he does, and then they walk out and they... Uh, yeah, they act like weird, generic monster people. I, I don't really get that, and I don't... I've never really understood what this group was about to begin with. Uh, <laughs> Mustafa Ali has been fantastic, though. I, at the, if if all this just leads to him getting TV time and getting used more, I think it's worth it because I, I love what he's been doing. I wish some of his internet videos and like things on social media got more time on Raw instead of mm-hmm. just on Twitter, though. That's what sucks, man. Peyton Royce, she cut a hell of a promo last week. Cesaro did on Talking Smack. Uh they do these great promos, and it's just not even mentioned on TV. And just completely, I mean, Peyton Royce, you know, she wasn't even on tonight. Uh, Retribution, gosh, it's hard. Uh, I, I give T-Bar, I call him T-Bag a lot, but I feel like I can't anymore <laughs> after the tweets he made this past weekend where he's talk, he said the T stands for trans rights and the, the B stands for Black Lives Matter. It's like, man, I can't. This guy anymore. <laughs> good dude. Um, He's a smart guy too. You know what yeah, I mean? can't call him teabag anymore. Yeah. Damn it! Me now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mace and the other guys are free game. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean this. I mean this. This has been DOA um, since that that one guy had a hard time throwing that brick through the window. <laughs> so retribution it's 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 been tough it hasn't uh it hasn't been the best storytelling i i always think about um the nwo watching wrestling back then and seeing Mm -hmm. when you did have that real chaos and how it felt watching it and you're just on the this edge of your seat just watching it and it's just you're hooked and it felt real and then just you watch retribution with the chainsaws the announcers running it just felt corny and um, it's just night and day. 
This can yeah. be done right, but it wasn't. WWE is it's so well produced and so well put together that it sometimes hurts them. I think in in, in yeah. situations like this because it's so, like they produce it to a point where you can't help but make it not feel real to that right. chaos like you're talking about with the NWO because. I remember, you know, I was a big fan of the NWO and uh, like the the famous lawn dart moment right. uh, when all that was happening. That, that the way they did that felt like it wasn't supposed to be happening, like something right. was going on. Where this definitely feels like, okay, this is part of the show. Right, but it's a segment. I, I, yeah, it's a segment. But I look at like who they have, and you think of T Bar and um, uh, is Mace uh, the other big guy? Um, so Mace is uh, Brennan. Uh, uh, he, he he used to be he's the a former NFL player. player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like those two guys, if they were a tag team, they, look awesome. they would be amazing. And then mm-hmm. Mia Yim could be a fantastic yeah. women's competitor going after the title. Like they have the pieces. Uh, but when you're, yeah, like, when you're walking around, like, you know, doing this everywhere with a mask on, you're like, what, who are you? What are you doing? Yeah. People are saying Dio Madden. Yeah, he's Dio Madden. Oh, Dio Madden. Madden. Brennan Williams. His real Brennan name is Brennan Williams. Brennan Williams. Yes. Yeah. He, he's he's got he's got the look he's got the size he's, uh, yeah 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 i mean so i don't know it seems like it looks like things are going to end poorly for retribution <laughs> and it may not be around for a while uh so it might not matter but it's it's unfortunate because i do think they have the pieces and and as mentioned I, for a company that looks so much at social media it's shocking they don't see the reaction that some of the social media things get and then not incorporate it but yeah. Yeah. Poor slap nuts. I don't know about him, but <laughs> the, rest, the rest are. <laughs> and he's actually good too. I, I don't mean to be uh, picking on Matt. him. He's actually a good wrestler as well. Matt. It, it is now time for our main event. But beforehand, we get Drew McIntyre comes in. This felt like a little bit extra. He's in his gear and he makes some joke about how this is why I was wearing my kilt and he's being a little chummy. But it was well worth it because we get the worldwide leader in pettiness. They didn't do this last week, so I thought that they had grown, but we get a line from Drew McIntyre that if you know, you know. He says, if you make a guarantee and you don't deliver, fans get upset. Sparks fly. Who do you think that was about? I didn't even I didn't even pick that up. That's a good nope. point. Yeah, that's I mean, it was an AEW yeah. reference for those of you who don't know. He was, uh, he was taking that shot. I love the pettiness. I love it. I love it when they take shots at each other. It's great. It's fun as a fan. I want to see more of it. I, I want to see it. Wrestling's supposed to be about conflict. I like it when they do those things. It was fun back in the Monday Night Wars and they used oh, to do it sure. all the time. So I love it. I thought it was good and it was a it was a fun line. This felt though, it kind of felt like they were backstage and they realized why are Seamus and McIntyre having a match? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so like, we better go explain it somehow. Yeah, uh, Drew, go go kill some time for us and, and explain why you're having it. a match with him. Because uh, <laughs> it, it felt like he was like explaining it to us, which at this point feels a little late in the game. But it, we got it, the line, so it was worth it. Drew's been great. He's a hell of a promo. But this, to your point, Jack, really did feel like they're like, hey, we got too much time left. We got Lashley and Sheamus going in there, so they're not going to go 20 minutes. Drew, go out there. Because <laughs> he was just kind of rambling for a little bit, and eventually he got to his point. But this really very much felt like they just told Drew to go out there and freestyle. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. It. It. Uh, yeah. It's kind of meandering, I guess. It was, yeah. It was. Eh. Drew, you know, he he was dealt a bad hand having to be the top guy before he was the top guy during a pandemic. You know, 
Like it wasn't like he was already made and then the pandemic hit. He was made during the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, at WrestleMania how the crowd reacts to him. I think, um, you know, I, I, he he looks the part. He can cut a great promo. I, I, I so, yeah. I, I I agree. I think it's he was he was probably dealt one of the toughest hands as far as a, a, one of the wrestlers go because you're right. Like, and what's tough is we've never really had a true reaction to him as right. champion. We don't really know how people are going to react to him. And I think at WrestleMania, for the most part, I think everyone's going to get cheers at WrestleMania because people yeah. are going to be like wrestling. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like he's in my in my book, he's the number one contender for. Uh, reaction that they're not expecting i think he kind of comes off like a jerk sometimes so uh, yeah. uh, and i think that right now lashley is i love lashley i mean maybe that's just me but like i'm i'm rooting for him i want him to do well and i think a lot of other people are too and yes. uh, and and i think we and then when you have you know drew mcintyre out there kind of mocking him and mocking his title run and all this other stuff i, I kind of have a feeling he might get a bad reaction yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, to your point, you're not going to have a bunch of international fans who, you know, go against the grain, you know, that we mm-hmm. see all the time at WrestleMania, especially with Roman back in the day. Um, I, I have a feeling this crowd is going to tow the company line. It's going to be more like local fans, like a, a regular Raw mm-hmm. or SmackDown. But I agree with you. I, I feel like Lashley's got the momentum. He's got the buzz. Drew, I don't feel the same. And and it's clearly designed for Drew to beat Lashley. And I hope that it changes because I feel like we've seen the ratings the last couple of weeks. Lashley's been drawing. Treat him special. He's that guy. He's almost like your Brock that you – him and Roman both are kind of like Brock um, without Mm -hmm. having Brock. He's like – but they'll cut promos and they're there every week. So – and to your point about Brock, I mean, they do seem closer than ever to a Brock-Lashley match. Like, Lashley's been answering a ton of questions about Brock in interviews. I don't think that's just something he's doing. And if they ever do Brock versus Lashley, I want this version of Lashley where he's red hot going into a match yes. with Brock. Not the guy who lost to McIntyre. Then they do this attraction match. Like, I want this momentum going into Brock Lesnar. You have Lashley beat Drew at Mania, and after the match, Brock's music hits. Hell yeah. Boom. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Stare down. Oh, could you imagine? That'd be so good. That'd be actually, so good. Actually, with Brock, would you rather have it with, be with Lashley or Roman? Because with Roman, with the Heyman thing, that'd that's, be pretty, that's pretty intriguing, but too. Lashley right now. Roman, we can do it long-term. That's a story they could always tell. I think, I mean, Lashley's just so hot right now. It's like lightning in a bottle. And I think if they let it out, Lashley-Brock will seem like it, the ship sailed at some point. I don't think we'll ever get that feeling with Roman-Brock, especially with Heyman involved. Um, but I just want to see, you know, Lashley and Brock, I think it'd be great. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, sorry. No, I was just going to add, um, and also I would love to see Paul Heyman managing the champion of both brands potentially. That would be a fun oh, thing yeah. to see. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a fun <laughs> thing to see. But I don't want to see Lashley lose either. No, no champions losing. That's what I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely. Tina bringing up. It takes a lot for me to hate on people. I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, but I hate Riddle's character. I can't, and I'm sorry. It feels like this is the way he really is. Sometimes I'm a hundred thousand percent with you. You know, I hated him when he came to NXT originally, but he grew on me and I loved him. He feels, he doesn't feel as natural right now, um, but I don't know. He's lovable. How do you not, how can you guys not like him? He's a lovable dude. He's a, he's a lovable bro. He just 
drives me insane. He's talented, but that character is death. Like I love Matt Riddle, the guy. Yes. I see him on the Indies I, and NXT was great, but when I see him riding around on that scooter, I'm like, man, every second you're riding around on that scooter is a second that you'll never be WWE. <laughs> like nobody's taking you seriously yeah. riding on a scooter. And Lily MJ to that point, I thousand percent agree. Every time I see him, it reminds me of the turtle uh, from Finding Nemo and gives me an urge to watch Days Confused. He's so annoying. It it does seem thousand like- percent. I feel like you, I do, to, to your guys' point, I do feel like you can tell when he's sort of saying his own things and then when he's saying what he has to say for the segment. Because it feels like he'll be acting a certain way and then he's like, oh, by the way, I've got a scooter. And then he'll like talk about scooters or he'll reference some really old movie. Um, and it feels like that gets forced in there. And then, I don't know, I, I feel like I can tell when he's saying what he was supposed to say versus just riffing on the moment. Um but I like him. I don't care. I like him flipping off his flip flops. I think it's a fun, it's a fun thing. Lashley versus Sheamus. Two guys are already in the main event. Uh, I don't know what you guys thought with this math, but I just love this. Just seemed like a monster truck rally. Just these two big guys just beating the hell out of each other. Sheamus has been kind of an unsung hero this last month or so. Just having these physical matches and this is no different with Lashley like maybe it wasn't the best technical match but these guys are beating the hell out of each other and the finish I just love this finish it might be something that they've been overdoing but uh uh Seamus goes for a bro kick and then midair Lashley hits him with the spear and uh, they just timed it right and uh Lashley beat Seamus clean in the middle of the ring going into fast lane and I mean they did end with Drew McIntyre and Seamus kind of facing off with each other but you know I was pleasantly surprised to see because Drew McIntyre is sitting outside the whole time so you're thinking he's going to get involved but to his credit, he sat out there like a baby face and watched the match, and Lashley won. So they're really doing a good job building up Lashley versus McIntyre at the same time of building up Lashley himself. Yeah, Drew even gave it a thumbs up at one point. Uh, but he, uh, it, it, Sheamus, I, I agree. I, he's Very few people can lose as often as he does but still feel like a top-tier guy. Like, I feel When I think of the people he would match up with, they're all top people. I wouldn't want to see him in a rivalry with – many people that weren't in the world title picture he feels like even though he's lost he just lost to drew he just lost to lashley will probably lose to drew again but i still think because he always is just such a hard-hitting guy and he he really pushes the people he's in the ring with and it looks like he just beats the hell out of them i still think i want him in those big spots i i agree i think he's an unsung hero right now yeah um I, I I agree. Like it, it felt like uh, just two two big bastards just going at it. It was yeah. you know it's really physical. Uh, I mean, we've seen with Lashley, you can you can rebuild someone uh, that's believable, and they didn't never did that with Sheamus. No one believes that Sheamus is going to beat Lashley. No one believes that Sheamus is going to beat Drew at Fastlane. Um, so I mean, there is that, but Sheamus, you know, he he's someone that you could always throw in that mix and it's believable even though you don't believe he's actually going to win. Like if if you put him in a match with Matt Riddle, I would think he's definitely going to win that match and become the US champion. I think that he feels like if he was at that <clears throat> level, he, he's in that weird space where he's like if you put him in that US title level, he would feel like it's beneath him, but he feels like he's not quite at that world title position yet which is a shame because he's one of those guys the sneaky number of big accolades in his career over the years um but uh it, I, I actually the the one thing i didn't like from this match i didn't like lashley attacking him afterwards it felt like it didn't really fit with what was going on but um i feel like that was their way of saying by the way 
you're not supposed to like Lashley. Just remember that. Heel reminder. Oh, whoa. Oh, sorry. Was... Heel. Somebody's turning heel over there. Roman Reigns, the big dog. Sorry. Uh, about yeah. that. <laughs> Jack, to your point, like, it's not even really a sneaky amount. Now that I think about it, like, Sheamus has won pretty much everything there is to win. And he's had a weird WWE career because he's not like a legit Hall of Famer. But if you look at his career and on paper, he's won the Royal Rumble, King of the Ring, you know, he's yeah. in a kind of all the world titles. He's won just about everything you can win without being at the level of like what Drew McIntyre is now, what, Shane, what Cena was for them for years and stuff like that. So it's a very weird career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got wins over John Cena. I mean, he's got, he's got a resume. Yeah. He went into WrestleMania as world champion. It was on the pre-show, but um, <laughs> he did. You know, He beat Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and, and he kind of caused Daniel Bryan to become a gigantic baby face. Yeah. It was that match that kind of sprung it off. <laughs> no. I wonder if Seamus ever says you're welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was the show. They went off the air with uh, you know more tension between Lashley and McIntyre. Well, it was actually McIntyre and Seamus facing off. That's how they went off the air. Yeah, kind of reiterating it, it'll be a good match at the pay-per-view yeah. uh, for some reason, but It'll be a good match, though. I mean, come on. Those guys usually have pretty good matches. So it'll be a good match at, at Fastlane. It just feels very, okay, here right. we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a show, you, you missed this week. You didn't really miss much. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, yeah. it's WrestleMania season. It doesn't feel like WrestleMania season so far. No. They're trying, kind of. But, yeah, it doesn't feel like that at all to me. Yeah. Do you think they're running things differently because of the crowd situation, or do you think this it would have been we would have gotten this with or without crowds? Um, as far as you just mean, like the way they're building and the way like the the feeling that you're ha- like if there was crowds, would it feel more like WrestleMania, or do you think they would have booked things differently, or um, do you think that's like they're maybe holding back a little bit, waiting knowing that crowds are right around the corner, not wanting to maybe give us everything before yeah. the crowds are in? Well, I think a lot of the people that they usually bring in during this time are really done. Like Undertaker is really yeah. done. Uh, Brock uh, is more of a COVID thing, I think. I think they could get him back if, if they want to um, once we're, we're past this pandemic. Uh, you know, Triple H uh, is probably not wrestling again. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're they're kind of running out of the, the rabbits to pull out of the hat. Cena is legit doing huge projects so uh, you know he goldberg is you know uh, old yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i love goldberg you said you love goldberg earlier on i'm a huge goldberg fan but it does feel like that's one uh one trick we've seen a few too many times at least for a little bit yeah Um, i think if you did goldberg versus aj he they could have a hell of a match but Outside of that, um, yeah, I think we've we've to your point, we've seen it. Uh, they did WrestleMania tickets were supposed to go on sale tomorrow. Uh, that is not happening. WWE they sent us. Let me find the statement that they sent us. They uh, they said the WrestleMania on sale will be moved as plans for the two night event are still being finalized. We expect a new on sale date within the next week. So um, they announced that on the show too. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, uh, WrestleMania tickets not on sale yet. We're like four weeks away. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh, NXT, uh, they had an outbreak. Um, and yeah, so apparently a lot of the stuff that you're going to see on the matches that were announced for NXT this Wednesday are going to be changed around because there was wow. a COVID outbreak. So, Well, I, I don't know any of those details, but I do know that uh, NXT is definitely one of those shows that they find a way to pull it out every every time. They've got... I, I, I don't know how they do it. They just somehow reach into the back, pull out some wrestler that can put on five-star matches somehow and makes it work. I don't know how it works, but I'm sure it'll be still be a good show on Wednesday. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in NXT. It's almost an embarrassment of riches. It's one of the kind of central problems with WWE is the amount of people who they have that are talented that they just can't seem to do anything with. Mm-hmm. It's a great time as a wrestling fan because there's a ton of rosters right now that all kind of feel that way. Yeah, AEW is like that way too. Yeah, there's not many rosters where I'm like, man, they don't have anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all uh, – even when NWA was coming back, I was worried like, man, who are they going to bring bring back in now that so many people have left to AEW? But they started announcing people like, oh, I guess they've got people lined up too. So, yeah, it's a good, it's a good time. And the post-WrestleMania NXT, it looks like it's confirmed that that's going to be on a Tuesday night. Whether or not that's the permanent spot going forward seems that way, but we'll see. But right now, after WrestleMania, that is uh, the plan right now is a Tuesday night. Oh, very cool. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings look like. Yeah. I mean, I would think they're going to be higher just... uh, in general, AEW, you know, uh, we've seen the the weeks they've gone unopposed. Uh, they're they do more viewers than normal, but their eighteen to forty nine demo rating is still usually in the same ballpark. So they actually don't gain that much uh, as far as with the demo, but they do with overall viewers. I think it's um I th- I've always wanted I don't really follow the ratings super closely, but um I've always thought honestly it's pro- people switching back and forth their TV right. It's got to be. I mean, I don't think there's actually like that many people watching on Wednesday, right? But maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I said I don't really follow it, but combined, it's about 1.5 million if you add them both up. Um, The the switching happens the most whenever NXT has like an overrun and then they'll go a couple minutes over. Then the people who watch AEW will switch over um, to NXT. That's basically when you get the biggest switches. Right. Hmm. But, you know, I I think once people settle in, there is going to you're going to hit a point of just too much product too. So yeah. just because we see these increases on special nights, once you have four nights a week, um you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. That will be an interesting thing to to monitor and see how it see yeah, as it's every single night. And especially cuz AEW's adding content and you know, there's also Impact still out there and all the other wrestling companies still out there doing stuff. So it, you're right, it will be interesting to see if it just fragments or what happens, but right. as a wrestling fan, I love it. I'm happy. <laughs> DTA podcasting. Now the Tuesday night warms <laughs> begin. Impact versus NXT. What I have a know? feeling Impact is moving to Thursdays because the one week when NXT was on a Tuesday night, Impact did under 100,000 viewers. Wow. It was like something ridiculously low that they did. So um, I can't see them staying on for long. So that's wrestling five days a week between these three national companies. It's insane. Ooh. It's too much. Not, count, not counting pay-per-views. Yeah. Good Lord. That WrestleMania week, you got Monday's Raw, Tuesday's the Hall of Fame, Wednesday and Thursday are TakeOver, uh, Friday's SmackDown, Saturday and Sunday are WrestleMania, then Raw, NXT, yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's I, we haven't figured out our podcast schedule yet, but it's just insane. 
<laughs> that raw crowd is going to be very burned out by the time it gets to the after mania and then they have to just go sit through a reg how do you sit through that and then sit through a regular raw yeah right yeah <laughs> so but, um yeah that's about it um alfred uh i Sure. Let's wrap up this uh, podcast. It was a lot of fun. Great to do a podcast with you for the first time, Jack. I had a good time. Uh, go ahead and plug whatever you want people to know. Yeah, thanks, guys, so much for having me on. It's been a blast chatting with you guys. Um, you can find me online at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That's where you can follow me on most of my stuff. But the biggest thing I'm working on right now is I work for the United Wrestling uh, Network and Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which you can view on Fight TV and KDOC if you're here in the L.A. market. Excellent. Follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty. Watch my articles on Forbes and uh, YouTube Pro Wrestling Bits. And, and you can follow me here or just keep checking out <laughs> WrestlingInc.com. We have tons of stuff, uh, tons of exclusive interviews every day, so just keep checking this out. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we'll, we'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Matt will be back next week. Len will be back on Friday. And we're going to have a Fast Lane podcast this coming Sunday, so just keep checking us out. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you again soon. Happy 316 Day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.